Hello and welcome in. Thanks for joining us for the latest edition of the Freire and Smith podcast. It's the final week of the Sunbelt regular season and all the action kicks off in just three days. Before we get to today's episode, we wanted to give you a quick plug for Monday's show. We released our Week 12 recap featuring in-depth analysis of this past week's biggest games. Kane and I also looked at the key storylines in the league heading into Week 13. If you missed it, make sure you go back and give it a listen. Today on Episode 152 of the show, it's a special student-athlete conversation presented by Mass General Store. This year's series has included conversations with Grayson McCall, Caleb Hood, Owen Porter, and many more. For our final conversation of the season, we're excited to welcome a former student athlete to the Prairie and Smith podcast for a one of a kind interview. With that said, Caden, why don't you tell us a little bit more about today's special guest? Yeah, no, I think when it comes to getting former student athletes from the Sunbelt Conference, I know I'm a little biased, but it doesn't get much bigger than this guy. And that's because we're talking to legendary App State quarterback Armani Edwards. If you've been around the program or anywhere close to the program like I've been, you'll see this picture, pictures of this guy all over the place. You see his highlights, his iconic moments, obviously headlined by his fantastic game against Michigan. But this is one of the most beloved guys in App State history, someone you could call the face of the franchise. And I cannot wait for the people to hear our conversation with him. I know it was something that took me back a little bit, something that gives me goosebumps just talking about it as an App State guy and just knowing what Armani means to the football program and the culture overall at App State. Well, the name Armani Edwards is synonymous with winning in the high country of North Carolina. During his four-year career from 2006 to 2009, App State won 42 games, four Southern Conference titles, two FCS National Championships, and beat number 5 Michigan in one of the truly iconic moments in college football history. Armani, while not a fan of individual numbers, had incredible success that included nearly 15,000 yards of total offense and 139 career total touchdowns. He is to this day still the FCS record holder for most career rushing touchdowns with 65. He's tied for the most 3,000 plus yard total offensive seasons with four and is in the top four in career rushing yards by a quarterback, 4,361 which is good for second all-time in total offense, 14,753 yards, the fourth highest total ever. Throughout his career, he also received numerous personal accolades, including being one of just two players with two Walter Payton Awards, the Heisman of FCS football. Armani was a four-time first-team All-American and two-time SoCon Player of the Year during his four years playing for Appalachian State. On Saturday, Armani's legendary number 14 will forever be enshrined at Appalachian State when they retired at halftime of this weekend's game against Georgia Southern, who, by the way, he went 3-1 and one against in his career. He'll become just the fifth player to see his jersey number retired, joining names like Coakley, Settle, Hackett, and Hand. Armani Edwards, who's considered by many to be the greatest player to ever put on the black and gold, will now forever be remembered for his contributions to both the past, present, and future of one of college football's most iconic brands. Well, let's not waste any more time. App State's Armani Edwards is in the house. It's time to hear from one of the greatest players in App State history. Well, we are really excited to be joined by App State legend Armani Edwards on the Ferrari and Smith podcast. Armani, thanks for taking some time out of your schedule to come talk with us. Uh, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. 
Well, let's jump right in and let's start this conversation all the way back at the beginning of your career. You grew up in Greenwood, South Carolina. What some people might not know, Armani, is that you were actually close to attending Georgia Southern out of high school. Tell us the backstory of your high school days playing quarterback and wide receiver, how that impacted your recruitment and why you ultimately chose App State. Um, I mean, pretty much, um, you know, I played quarterback uh, throughout my football career since the age of six. Um, I only went to wide receiver at the beginning of my junior year because we had a guy um, in front of me that was a pretty good athlete that was a quarterback. But unfortunately, um, very first game in the first half, he got hurt. So I was back at quarterback. And for that entire season, once he was back healthy, we just alternated. Um, he played receiver, some running back. He was just such a great athlete. And once he was at uh, quarterback, I would move to receiver. So that's pretty much the only little snippet of receiver that I had, you know, before the NFL. But you know, I was I was always small. Um, I was like a buck sixty, buck sixty five in high school. So when when colleges came to recruit and they saw how small I was, they pretty much shied away from you know um, throwing out any offers as a quarterback. So pretty much all of my offers would have I, I put quote unquote would have been as a receiver slash DB but um my offensive coordinator um in high school he shied away um anybody that wasn't considering me as a quarterback so I didn't have many big offers only the the smaller schools the D1 AA's that would um that wanted to give me a chance at quarterback and at this time Appalachian State is not recruiting me at all um, I've never heard of them or anything of that nature. And Georgia Southern is, at this time, my best fit. So that's where I'm planning on going. Um, I have a recruit visit set up. And during that week, Appalachian State uh, calls and and, and makes a a home visit. And after that, um, my head coach, Shell Dooler, advised that it it, it would be in my best interest, uh, playing-wise, to go to App State. So I took the visit over going to Georgia Southern and the rest is history. The rest is definitely your history, Armani. Definitely great to talk to you as a former player who's heard so much about your career. And definitely we know the App State fans and the fan base are glad that you you made that decision to go to App State instead of Georgia Southern. But for you, it didn't take much for you to burst onto the scene with an amazing year. In 2006, as a true freshman, you lead App State to their second FCS title, throw for 15 touchdowns, rush for 15 touchdowns. What were your expectations and your mindset going into your freshman season? And what would you say contributed most to having just that early success in your career? My, my mindset was to be the best backup um, I could for, for my freshman and sophomore year. Um, again, my high school, they, um, it, it produced a lot of you know, college caliber players. So there was a, it, it, what I like to tell people is it was like um, the University of Alabama. So it's, it's a wait, wait your turn kind of situation. That's, that's the high school I came up in. And so I was, I was very much ready and accustomed to waiting my turn because you had a guy named Trey, Trey Elder. Uh, who was supposed to be, you know, the the next quarterback for App, and you know things just didn't go uh, the way that, you know, everybody was was expecting it. Um, of course, injuries were involved, and you know, um, just all throughout camp and practice, I was just trying to be the best backup I could. And once my number was called, you know, I, I didn't want to be that that person that, you know. 
all the excuses could fall back on, you know, because such and such is hurt, you know, it's those kind of situations. So just wanted to make, make sure I can just fill that gap. Now, Armani, you followed up that 2006 championship with another FCS title in 2007 to go back-to-back. Obviously, the Michigan win was the highlight of that season. We're going to get to that shortly. But what would you say made that 2007 team so special and have the ability to repeat? Because, as we know, that's not an easy thing to do. Um, Well, that's that's the third championship uh, for a lot of those guys. So you got guys on the team that are back-to-back champions now. And the uh, 2006 class, uh, the class I was in, we just experienced our first championship. So we are a a veteran team. We've played the best of the best. Uh, We've been through all the situations possible. We played overtime games and won. We played horrible games and came out on the winning end. So there was no situation that we haven't experienced yet. And it was just a matter of uh, being staying consistent, staying hungry, and being healthy at the end of the year, which we were. So that's, that's pretty much it. It's definitely cool to see kind of those veteran champion level App State teams come after that as well. And just that being a theme of the culture and the program. And y'all didn't win any more national championships after that season, but you continued collecting conference championships. You become the first player to win two Walter Payton Awards, which is essentially being the Heisman of the FCS level. You have a ton of accomplishments throughout your career. Where does that specific one rank for you? Or maybe what are some of your other favorites that you got during your time at App State? Uh, definitely the the national championships. Those are one and two. I I never experienced that um, throughout high school or anything. So those are my first uh, being a part of a team that that it has actually won the ring. So those are definitely one and two. Um, the Walter Payton Awards. I'm I'm not real big on individual awards, but I can't shy away from you know. Having accomplished that twice, being uh, the best FCS offensive player. So, obviously, those would come three and four. Then I would top off, uh, have to put the Michigan win at number five. Um, It's a big win for the school, the program, and just around uh, the college football atmosphere. But, you know, as a player, if we would have lost that game, that, that wouldn't have deterred us from winning the conference or getting into the playoffs to play for another ring. So definitely have to put that one uh, at five and, and not in front of everything else. Now, Armani, obviously with his jersey number retirement coming up, how much time have you spent kind of thinking back to the early days? Did you picture when you started your App State career that all the successes that you just listed were in the cards? No, not at all. Um, I've never been a stat guy. So when I when I played sports, I played because I was out there with my friends. And the same thing just rolled over into app. Once I got the app, um, I was able to create long-lasting bonds that I still have today. And it was just like I was growing up, middle school, uh, little league, um, high school, where I'm playing out there with my friends, my buddies. And that's the same thing that I was doing at app. Um, I never once, you know, <laughs> after a game, looked at the stat sheet. Of course, uh Players and and reporters would come and tell me I had such and such. Or did you know this that you that you did this? Like I, I honestly, <laughs> truly don't care about stats. So that's always been my mo. Well, it certainly sounds like a great perspective. Uh, now, Armani, your stardom, you know, it really did come fast with instant success and and honestly, rightful recognition, not just in the high country but nationally for what you were able to do on the field. 
you were basically a living legend while you were playing, similar to a guy like Grayson McCall right now, who's already been tabbed as the best player in Coastal Carolina's history while still playing. How did you kind of manage that notoriety off the field, and what were some of the pros and cons of the attention that you were receiving during that time period? Um, I would say more so the pros of it just bringing that notoriety notoriety to the school. You know, uh, when I got there in 2006, I myself, along with a lot of other people, didn't know where Boone, North Carolina was. So after the Michigan win, you know, of course, everybody knows where Boone is. So that's a pro in itself. Um, not much. I wouldn't say it was a, a much of a pro for me. I was kind of uh, a shy kid, so I, I'm not big on the limelight. Um, I, I was able, I used to be able to walk to school, uh, not school, but go to class with no ones. No, not going to say bothering me, but coming up, introducing themselves or wanting a picture. But be able to just go grocery shopping. Up. All that had changed after that. So. I just had to get accustomed to it and used to it. And um, Coach Moore, he just he made a great deal about it. And, and it always stuck with me from then because, um, you know, a lot of guys started complaining about being super busy. We getting a lot of reporters here now. We, we signing a lot of autographs. A lot of people want to come up. But Coach Moore made a, a great um, um, a great statement. He said, uh, someday nobody's going to ask you for a picture or your autograph anymore. So enjoy the moment. And that's exactly what I was doing. Yet another example of Coach Moore dropping knowledge. I feel like that's a common theme just throughout my tenure at App State and hearing about some of the things he had to say. But Armani, this Saturday, App State's going to have the latest edition of the rivalry game with Georgia Southern. I'm sure one of your favorite opponents, and you've had some great success. I know you're not a stats guy, but we know that you rushed for nearly 250 yards against them in 07, had five touchdowns and a come-from-behind win in 2008, and then 300-plus against them again in 2009. What are some of your favorite memories from that rivalry? Could you maybe tell the people about what continues to make it special and just what's what the significance is of that game? Yes, um, that game, it doesn't matter about record. It doesn't matter about who has the most wins or anything. And and outside of my senior year, that game always came down, you know, to the last play, to the last drive. And and that's what uh that's what makes rivalries so great when there's there it's not blowouts. Of course, you know, we, we want to go in and, and try to beat them down as much as possible, but it, it's not gonna happen that way when it's when it's um, a team that you truly <laughs> disliking at that moment. So that's that's what made those uh, memories great. Um, I definitely remember, you know, that was my first overtime game that I ever played in in football. So that's one, um, a memory too, obviously, um, that I never would forget. I think that was my freshman season. We had a uh, win in the overtime against those guys. But, you know, in – Every year, except my senior year, it always came down to the wire. That's what we love about it. Now, Armani, if it comes down to the wire again on Saturday, you're going to be there. If App State were to need you, do you have any eligibility remaining? Could we see you toss on that number 14 <laughs> jersey one last time? Nah, you won't be able to see it. Um, I'm, I'm getting up in, the, in age now, in football age. So, no, <laughs> I, I don't have anything left in the tank for it. Well, Armani, you touched on it earlier. Everyone obviously knows the impact that, that Jerry Moore had on this App State program and the success that he helped bring. You have a unique perspective, having played under him during that incredible run of success. What made him such a special head coach, and what stands out to you to this day about what he was able to do in his time at Boone? It was bigger than football for him. 
Um, football was was definitely at the bottom of his list of things uh, when it came to us player. It was family, uh, creating those bonds with each other um, off the field. Uh, he was big on that and obviously uh, doing what you're supposed to in, in school. He was big on that, keeping that GPA up and everything. And and outside of those, just being, he, he always uh, touched on, you know, becoming a man and teaching us how to how to become a man, you know, off the field, outside of the classroom, because at some point uh, for for most of us, uh, very few of us at that time already had um, had kids and stuff. So but everybody else would soon, you know, eventually at some point in their time uh, life would want to have kids and everything. But it was always bigger than football. And he wasn't just the guy that would tell you that and disappear. And to this day, um, I still have a great relationship with him, uh, talk to him every so often, and he's still the same guy. So that, that's what made, made him so special. Find your 14 at Mass General Store. Fill a basket with 14 varieties of old-fashioned candy. Stock up on supplies for a 14-day hike along the Appalachian Trail. Choose provisions to feed 14 of your closest friends and family at an upcoming holiday party. No matter how you reach 14, join us in celebrating Armani Edwards as App State retires his number 14 jersey this Saturday. Congratulations, Armani, and thank you from the Mass Store. Well, Armani, let's move on to the second segment of this episode, and we're going to talk about a topic that I'm sure you have discussed a million times since it happened. Um, Everyone is obviously familiar with the Michigan game and the outcome, but they might not know about the kind of anticipation and preparation behind it. Pull back the curtain on things like playing their fight song consistently that offseason and how that preparation led to the now famous 34 to 32 win in Ann Arbor. Uh, yeah, so um, starting back, it was back in February when we have uh, what's called Winter Gym, where 5 a.m. for two straight weeks where we just got mean drills, weight room, a lot of drills, uh, pretty much to see, see who's going to break. Um, it was those, it's those type of things. And after, after one, uh, winter gym, uh, morning, you know, coach announced who, who our first game was going to be and and you know, the, the reaction was, you know, everybody was hyped, you know, bring it on. And, and from that moment on, um, our strength coach, uh, coach Dillman, he just played the Michigan fight song in the weight room on repeat. So you can imagine from February throughout uh, when when most guys come back for the summer workouts throughout uh, camp that the only song that we are now allowed to listen to and we only get to hear is the Michigan fight song on repeat. So we're already kind of annoyed. <laughs> we, we're it, it just giving us more. Just more animosity to to it. Uh, we we hear the we we hear the outside noise, but we don't listen to it. Nobody but us, um, you know, gave us a shot. So it's it's all kind of stuff that you know just stacked up against us. And even more to add to the adversity, you know, uh, we had a, a crazy rainstorm um, come in the week of that we were supposed to be leaving, and we didn't get to practice for the last two or three uh, days. Um, I myself didn't practice for that last remaining week because I had a shoulder injury. 
Uh, we're missing our, our veteran starting center. So we're dealing with a lot of stuff going into that game. And to be able to accomplish what we accomplished against you know, one of the greatest historical football franchises in college, you know, it, 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 <laughs> I mean, it's, it's unimaginable, unimaginable. Well, Armani, you'll be happy to know that even when we were playing Tennessee my freshman year in 2016, we were here in Rocky Top all the time. That's still a tactic Ag State uses and probably <laughs> has led to some of their success against these big teams. It leads to some of the success we've seen against these big teams historically. But I've been told a lot of small stories and heard a lot of things about the game, Armani, whether that's you having it be your first flight on the way to Michigan. You mentioned you dealing with that injury as well and some of the things you probably had to do before the game to get up for the game. Could you maybe give us a couple more stories of stuff as far as some of the behind-the-scenes stuff leading up to the travel to the game, before the game in the locker room? What are some things that people might not know about the Michigan game that kind of went down before the game? Um, some other things I can think of. You know, I remember once we got there, um, instead of us going to the hotel, um, Coach – uh, we had a detour. We went straight to the stadium. So for a lot of guys that haven't been in that atmosphere, he just took us to the stadium. We were on the field, let everybody get their oohs and ahs out. And to see, you know, um, you know it's just a, a regular stadium, just like um, any other. And also, uh, we always have player-only meetings um, the night before the game. Well, Thursdays, so Thursdays before the game, but we also do something clear on Fridays before the game. And um, Corey Lynch um, had a had a letter that he wrote um, to the team and read it out. And pretty much one of the the points that that just hit home for everybody that you know, although this is um, a top five team in the country, this is Michigan that they bleed, they bleed red blood just like we bleed. And once we step on that field, it doesn't matter that they have 100,000 fans roaring and screaming for them. You know, pretty much the letter was saying that nobody can help them once they're inside those lines. And that really got us out uh, going into that game. Now, Armani, I've also heard that you like to take a a pregame nap. Was there a pregame nap ahead of the Michigan game? Definitely. Um, Just thinking off the top of my head, I don't think I've missed any pregame naps in college. Um, (laughs) A nap was a a must for me. How how long was the average pregame nap? Is that an hour? Is that two hours? What was the length? Anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour uh, where, where I just feel rested and energized. I love that. That's definitely uh, a great perspective. Now, Michigan opens that game with that touchdown drive, but then you and this offense, you guys answered back immediately with that big touchdown to Dexter Jackson. When that Was it that moment or, or was it another in this game that made you and your teammates realize that you guys w- could hang with and, and ultimately beat the number five team in the country that day? Uh, it was before we got there. It was all throughout camp. It was in the film room where we already realized that you know, we don't have an opportunity just to make this a game. We have an opportunity to to actually win the game. Um, defensively for them, they they were um, not so good at stopping spread offenses. Um, every year leading up to that, we can see that Ohio State always gave them trouble. When, when they were spread out, their, their guys wasn't capable of running side to side. And that is us. We're, we're a spread offensive team. Uh, we knew that their D-line and offensive line were obviously bigger than our linemen. So offensively, we just wanted to make sure we executed um quick game. Don't don't have our linemen blocking, you know, for five, six, seven seconds to where, you know, the second half come, they're, they're tired and worn down. So 
we had a great game plan. We um, we stuck t- uh, to that game plan even through, you know, some of the turnovers um, that I had. And, you know, defense uh, and special teams uh, came through when we needed them to. They definitely did, Armani. I mean, the final moments of this game were insane. You mentioned you throw an interception leads to them attempting a field goal that gets blocked. Then you have the drive where y'all could take the ball down the field and get a field goal for yourselves to, to put us up. And then Corey Lynch, Lynch blocks the one to secure the win and the rest is history. What kind of sticks out to you most when you think about the final moments of that game, that fourth quarter, just the back and forth nature of it and y'all being able to come through clutch at the end there? Um, one thing that sticks out for me the most is how our team stuck together. Uh, we didn't fold when, you know, we was pretty much throughout that whole game, we, was, we had to leave. Uh, nobody fold, nobody pointed fingers uh, when they finally took the lead at the last minute. Instead, it brought us closer together. Um, you you didn't see anybody arguing or fighting or anything on the sidelines. Uh, that, that just brought us closer together uh, as a team, as brothers off the field. And that just showed uh, what, kind of, what kind of team we really was. Uh, so a lot of people don't get to see, see those moments, but just being, you know, in those situations, you you can see it on TV a lot where guys are starting to argue, uh, you know, just showing uh, bad posture. And that wasn't us. Uh, we knew if we had an opportunity to get back out there on the field, um, we can go put up points again. Now, let's talk about the aftermath. We can only imagine how much that must have felt or how that must have felt as a player when that clock hit zero. Tell us about celebrating on that field, in that locker room, the ride back, and then what was it like when you guys got back to Boone? Oh, man. Um, just remember once Corey uh, blocked, the, blocked the kick and picked up the ball before the play, play was over. Um, half the team, including myself, we was already running on the field. So that could have easily been a flag thrown on us, <laughs> but uh, they let it go. <laughs> um, just, just that moment, just hearing, you know, how quiet, 100,000 fans could be just the silence throughout the stadium. Uh, that was just a remarkable feeling. And just just that sigh of relief, like um, like everything off your, off your back. Um, one thing we knew for sure, we didn't have to listen to the fight song anymore in the <laughs> weight room. So it was, it was just a lot of excitement and joy. But on the way back, once, once we got back to Boone, it was one of those situations where um, just a, a massive crowd outside of the facility, um, just like uh, the, the national title games that we had um, in Chattanooga. Once we got back from those games, where it was just just crowded like a parade, uh, bus couldn't get through. We had to make way uh, for the bus to get through, and literally once we pulled up and stopped, um, the fans were just rocking the buses back and forth. It was just a great moment. Armani, we got to ask, have you, have you ever listened to the fight song again for Michigan? I'm sure it's something you might have been avoiding. You're getting tired of it leading up to the game, but now you might have a different feeling towards it now hearing the fight song and remember some of those memories from, from back in that win. No, I, I still haven't listened to that fight song. <laughs> well, Armani, you mentioned it before. This is one of those wins that goes down in the books, if not the biggest upset, one of the biggest upsets in college football history. App State admissions spiked up 15% as a result. It changed the football program in an immeasurable way. How often do you look back and reflect on the grade, the game, not just itself, but the gravity it kind of had on the program and the impact long-term? Well, I myself don't don't really sit back and look back at it. Um, I obviously, you know, have these talks with with a lot of people, <laughs> especially uh, 
being able to uh, play football for as long as I did. And of course, um, I was I had the opportunity to have a Michigan teammate. So there hasn't been, you know, a year where this game isn't brought up to where, you know, I get to discuss it. But as far as just sitting back by myself, I never really sat and uh, thought about it or anything because um, I had other people that would bring it up and we just go from there with it. Now, can you appreciate what that game did in terms of pushing this App State program forward to what it has become today? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, you know, as, as a player, you hate to to say it or admit it, but it, it wasn't those uh, national title games that, that pushed uh, our program and school forward. It, it was 100% that Michigan game. Uh, that's the exposure that that um, not only the football team needed, we, we was good before then. Uh, the world just didn't know it, but but the school itself. And and from there, you know, we went had guys like Caden Smith and and everybody else to come through that program. It, it's, it's highly likely that a lot of the athletes that we have now wouldn't be at Appalachian State or the coaches or or the the great fan base. You know, we're we're hitting 40,000 fans a game now. That, that's unheard of uh, when I was in school. So everything is, is on the up and up and it's continuing to grow. So, and it's all because of that game. Um, again, as a, as a player, you hate to admit it, <laughs> but it, it's the truth. It, it, it's because of the Michigan game. It goes from there. Definitely uh, a great legacy to, you know, to be leaving behind. House United is more than just a clothing brand. We are a community of fully engaged fans, passionate about Appalachian State Athletics and the overall success of our student-athletes. When you purchase House United licensed Appalachian State apparel and merchandise, 20% of all sales go directly to the athletics department and university. House United is also dedicated to directly supporting student-athletes through NIL. We create brand awareness by partnering with these incredible people, allowing them to showcase their talent and represent our brand. Our commitment to Appalachian State runs deep. That's why we offer a wide range of licensed apparel and merchandise that reflects the spirit and pride of our beloved university. Join the movement today and be a part of a community that celebrates the legacy and future of Appalachian State. Show your Mountaineer pride like never before and help us build a better future. House United, fully engaged fans for fully funded student-athletes. This next segment, uh, we're going to start and talk just about your professional career, talk about off the field since your career is ended. And we're going to start with actually a, a listener-submitted cr- question. Uh, Warren Boyette, who was an App State grad back in the class of 2005, submitted this next question, and it was simple. Beside that Michigan win, what were some of your favorite moments during your App State football career? Man, uh, the title games, of course, uh, playing against Delaware and UMass. Those, uh, the Richmond, um, I think it was 2007, I think it was, yeah, same year, to go to um, Chattanooga, so that Richmond game. Um, the Walford one is probably number one for me, the Halloween uh, night one. That's the year after, you know, they beat us and they stormed the field, so we had a bad taste in our mouth going up to that. So Walford uh, Halloween night is probably my number one game. Definitely a good one right there, Armani. After your senior year at App, though, you were selected in the third round, the 2010 NFL Draft by the Carolina Panthers. Obviously a dream come true for so many football players, but that journey didn't go as you planned, and you've even called that period one of the darkest periods of your career. Could you maybe speak 
what some of the struggles and what that experience was like for you in Carolina just to start off your NFL career? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, you know, it, it, I already knew it was going to be a struggle, you know, having to relearn a new position. Um, yeah, I played a little bit of wide receiver at high school, but, um, you know, 99% of the the people you're going against in high school, not even getting a college scholarship. So, so I, I don't have uh, that experience of, you know, running routes or, or blocking anything like that. And now I have to learn all this at a hyper speed going against the best athletes in the world. So that was already going to be an uphill battle. Then the second uphill battle, you're on the losing team. So now every little thing that's going on is magnified. So that's not in my in my benefit, my best interest. Uh, another thing, I'm not even playing, so I'm not getting that, that game time experience. Caden um, knows uh, practice reps and game reps are two totally different things. So I'm not getting those, those game reps at all. I don't I don't have the the experience. So once it comes my second season, that's pretty much my rookie season for me, but not on paper. And last but not least, uh, not everybody within the organization, uh, the higher ups are on the same page as to, you know, want to even have me in the locker room. So it's, it, it was just a big tug of war um, going through all that. Now, what's something that that period of life taught you that now you've been able to carry out through the, you know, the remainder of your life up until today? Oh, uh, man. Um, it taught me a lot. Um, it, it showed me. Um, for one, it showed me some of the people off the field that that were really in my corner, um, like my wife. Um, you know, she she doesn't get get enough praise uh, going through dealing with dealing with me myself through that period, um, bringing work home. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't good at times, but she was dealing with that and raising um, our kids at the same time. Um, just just knowing that, um, figuring out that. Life, life isn't over. Uh, even though you, what you've been doing all your life, and, and you finally at the place that you dreamed of playing for the NFL, it's not going the way that you that you had dreamed of it going. But but life isn't over. Um, just know that um, you had a, a lot of people in your corner and that that backs you no matter what what you're doing. So just knowing that I, I had those people behind me that it, it's taught me a lot. So. Now, Armani, after you're released by the Panthers, you make stops with the Browns and the Bears before walking away from football altogether in 2014. You had a fire sparked underneath you after your son saw some college highlights of yours for the first time. That ultimately then would result in a successful career in the CFL as a wide receiver that included a you know several successful years, a great cup to your name. Tell us about that turning point for you in your CFL career. Yes, um, I was 100% done with football. I was dealing with injuries outside of, you know, not getting opportunities to to even showcase that I'm a better receiver than when I came in in the NFL. So I was just done with it. I didn't watch it at all, didn't watch college, didn't watch the NFL, didn't do anything dealing with football outside of uh, my son, um, you know, wanting to then get into playing football. Thank you. Um, it happened one time where my wife uh, decided to show him you know, old old college clips of myself playing and just to see, you know, um his face lit up and like, uh, that that was you? Yeah, I was like, Yeah, that 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 was me back then. But you no, know, even after that, 
it was just moments here and there. Uh, me, myself, just being a competitor that I am, I didn't like how my career ended. I never liked to leave anything undone. So along with my son giving me um, a spark to go back, I definitely didn't want to leave uh, the way my NFL career ended to be the the last you know, the last chapter in my professional football career. So that that's what led me to the CFL. Well, you definitely handled business and ended up going out on top. You had some great seasons there. I know you had a 1,000-yard receiving season, a couple 900-yard seasons where you almost did it again. But your last season playing professionally was in 2019. Now you're in a new chapter of your life with your wife and your two kids, like you've mentioned. Tell us about what you've been up to and what things have looked like for Armani Edwards after his impressive playing career now. Just enjoying the family. Um, I'm gearing them up to to do whatever they want to do now. So obviously um, our son loves football. He plays flag every year and just working them out. Uh, they, they love working out. Our daughter, who's never been interested in sports, <laughs> she she wants to run track. So I'm helping her uh, just get the fundamentals down. So she's not, you know, starting from from chapter one once she get out there. So just helping them out. And I also just do uh, some things at home. I learned how to trade Forex and everything that's been pretty much my go-to for the past uh, two to three years. Uh, my main focus right there. Now, give us a scouting report on your son. Is is he going to be a future App State football player someday? I can't say that. Um, I can't tell you that. Uh, this is a ge- different generation. Uh, he loves going to the games up there, but unfortunately, App State is not one of his favorite uh, teams that he that he likes right now. So, you know, only time will tell. Um, and know seven to eight years if he's uh producing like uh like i think he will when those uh scholarships roll in we will see then now armani things have changed at app state a ton since your career the stadium is probably almost unrecognizable to you at this point you and your teammates were obviously a big reason why this program has continued to be successful and grow how does it feel to have helped lay that foundation for what the program is today? And, and what are your thoughts about the current state of this App State program compared to your area? They're even coming off this big win over James Madison on Saturday. You know, I, I don't really look at it as, um, you know, myself or my class or those guys at that time being the starting point because uh, we had older guys that came in to see where the stadium was when I was there and they let you know how different it was then. Uh, we we always forget that we had, um, uh, I think it was 1995, those guys went undefeated and unfortunately lost in the playoffs. So there was always, you know, good and great Appalachian uh, football teams. Always uh, uh, we had awesome players before then uh, that, that's not getting as much recognition. But I just think it's, it's just different phases, you know, that we, we all going through each phase of the program. And I was just fortunate enough to be a part of the phase that got nationally recognized. And even guys after me, they have their phase to continue it, uh, to, to continue that program to get higher and higher when, you know, we could have beat Tennessee, uh, lost on the last play. They did beat Texas A&M. So, you know, now it, it's normal for our school to be beating the so-called, you know, bigger schools or these guys in the SEC or any other Power Five team now. And, you know, people people are seeing it. So 
No, it's definitely great to just hear and, and learn about the sustained success throughout the program's history. And now player after player, seemingly coach after coach, being able to maintain it is definitely awesome to see. And, you, and your, your teammates and your team have definitely had a special impact as far as that standard that's now become normal at App State. But Armani, last question for you on Saturday. The 14 jersey will be forever enshrined when it's retired at halftime of the game. You'll become the fifth Mountaineer to have your jersey retired. First, you want to know how did you learn about the news? And then what would it mean to have your name now in that in that ring of honor in the same conversation as the Dexter Coakley's, the Settles, the Hackett's, and the Hands? Uh, man, I'm going to answer the, the last part first. Uh, that It means a lot um, just knowing that you know, throughout your career, you're playing in that stadium and you always see those names up there. And I was fortunate enough to actually meet um, a couple of them. I met Dexter Coakley. Uh, I met uh, Gino Hackett. So I got to meet some of those guys in person um, that you're looking up in the in the stands and you see their numbers and names retired. Um, John Settle, met him. He was um, our running back coach uh, for one or two years when I was in Carolina. So there's quite a few of those guys that you that you see on the wall that you're meeting, and now my name gets to be beside those. It's you know unimaginable. Um, you know, just uh, a lot of respect for for them, for Appalachian State, and everybody else that I was able to play with. Of course, uh, my teammates and coaches. Without them, none of this would be possible. But um, to answer the the other part, it was either. I think it was either sometime late spring, early summer, uh, where I started, uh, well, had Appalachian State getting in contact with us, uh, Doug Middleton. Um, I started talking with him a lot. Uh, he's a part of the, the, the staff up there now, and they let it be known that they want to do something special uh, coming into the season. And, you know, we started working from there, um, trying to work out, you know, some kinks and everything of what possibly we could be doing. And I think maybe was September. So around August where, you know, we finally had another meeting and, you know, they let my wife and I know that, Hey, we, you know, we would love to retire your Jersey and, you know, have, have all these uh, special events or and things leading up to it uh, to make it happen. So, Obviously, we had to keep it quiet until they announced it on social media. But, you know, it was a few months in that we that we pretty much knew it was happening. Well, Armani, allow us to be amongst the first to congratulate you on that and the events coming up this weekend. It certainly was a lot of fun watching your football career. This interview has been great. Appreciate you taking some time and enjoy Saturday. All right. Thank you, guys. Jaden, I got to admit, when we started this journey, I did not think that a guy like Armani Edwards would be joining us. A great conversation here. And my biggest takeaway, Caden, despite all the success, Armani has remained a very humble individual. He definitely has no one. And if you want to just go to Armani's Wikipedia page and look at the amount of records, accomplishments, and accolades this guy has, I mean, it's it's a list. It's a very long one. And the fact that he's not a stats guy, he doesn't really hang on to those those things about his career he hangs on to his moments with his teammates his championship wins his conference championship wins his perspective on his impact on the program and him kind of just looking at himself as just a part of app state history despite him probably being some of the biggest parts of app state history to a lot of fans was just awesome to see awesome to hear and i just like you mentioned before the fact that we were talking to armani edwards just given this podcast journey and now we're here talking to a player that obviously means a ton to a program that means a ton to me was just a great a great thing to have 
Kane, you're an App State guy. You just said it means a ton to you. Speak on that a little bit. Yeah, it was very interesting when we were trying to get Armani to talk about his legacy on the program. He he just sees himself as as another guy who was able to provide conference championships and, and give some national recognition to this program. But he he's just the he he supersedes everything. When you look back and it's cool to see the history of App State and that it's been a championship program for a while. But he mentioned it, that Michigan win alone by itself just took this program to a different stratosphere. And I think from players coming and recruiting. That's always going to be something you can lean on. The success is always something you can lean on. And just Armani's play style, his electricity, and what he meant to the program is always something that can be used in recruiting and getting guys there. It's safe to say that, like he mentioned, guys like Caden Smith, a lot of my other teammates, probably wouldn't be at App State if it wasn't for Armani Edwards. So his impact is a lot, is very much immeasurable. And it's, it's definitely something cool and a Mount Rushmore thing, I think, for sure, as far as my career, being able to chat with a guy that meant so much to the program in Armani. Caden, I love the nugget, too, about the, the nap he took before the Michigan game, and he was a napper throughout his career. Were there any pregame rituals for you? I know you and I both enjoyed napping. Yeah, I mean, a good little nap was not something I did every single game like Armani did, but it was something I got in every couple of games. If you want to ask any of my my roommates, they would tell you that napping was probably one of my my best skill sets. But I think as far as pregame stuff, I think the later I got into my career, the more I had more of appreciation for pregame warmups. I was never a guy who even went out before pregame warmups, but after my last season, having my Achilles torn and kind of have a new perspective on the game, found myself meditating on the field before the game, taking some laps, taking in those moments before the game a little bit more before taking the field and kind of letting that dog loose. So definitely a little bit of an evolution in my career as far as pregame rituals and stuff, but maybe I should have taken more naps before games like Armani and maybe I'd have more than one one hundredth of the accomplishments he's had in his App State career. Hey, maybe number 13 would have been retired if you had uh, been napping all of that time. Well, that <laughs> will do it for another great episode of the Ferrarian Smith Podcast. Again, we'd like to say a special thank you to Armani Edwards for joining us for today's special conversation, as well as to Mass Store and House United for their help in making this conversation possible. Before you go, don't forget that we'll be back with another episode on Friday where we'll discuss all the big games in the final weekend of the Sunbelt regular season play, including... Our game of the week, the deeper-than-hate rivalry between App State and Georgia Southern. One final thing, if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you do one thing. Share this podcast with one, maybe two, or even three of your friends. Help us help you by continuing to grow the show into the premier destination for Sunbelt football fans. So for Caden Smith, Richmond Weaver, and Brett Jemis, I'm Noah Frary. We really appreciate you spending time with us today. Well, that's goodbye for now. We'll talk to you again soon.